Hey, hey, Rambo. Hello. Hello. How are you? Not good. <laughs> Not great. So no. we flipped. Now you're highly ill. Last time <laughs> I was dealing with what I thought to be was a major, I called it minor, but it was a pretty horrific case of food poisoning. And now you've got the same. What's going on, Beth? Yeah, I don't know if it's food poisoning or not, but yeah, it's not often I'm very, I don't feel like I get ill that often, but. It just came up. Okay. So I'm so curious. I have I said mine was food poisoning. I have kind of a larger theory. I recently talked to Les, uh, Les Luther, and he had the same, he, he kind of went through the same thing. I mean, we're all spread out really, really far, but let me, tell me about yours. What, what did it feel like to your body system? Weak. I still am very weak. Yeah. And tired, like lack of sleep, lack of sleep as well. Do you know, I feel like I didn't really, Joe, where you're like kind of asleep but you don't know if you slept or not do you know what it's right. like right i had the feeling that sweats and yes like your battery like whatever battery system the human body exists as whatever energy storage device that we are able to maintain within ourselves it just stops working for this time and like i, I felt that i ran to 0.0 percent battery that's, that. that's how I find a feel now I'm on like two percent battery now oh Just, my God. but you know we were talking about sugar that's kind of the only thing that I'm a sugary drink is the only thing that's kind of feeling good at the minute for me do you know right and what is sugar <laughs> it's energy you said this last time yeah yeah, yeah what is that's sugar kind of, it's kind of it's helped me out recently the last yeah. it's been two days though do you know that that's with things that's like yeah. Two days. Do you know that? Mine lasted about okay. So mine set on just like on a Friday. I woke up, went to bed on Thursday, feeling okay. You know, I wasn't sick. I uh, woke up on Friday feeling like all of the uh, oh, every single ion, every single energetic property that had ever existed within me was had left my body. Was was gone. I couldn't retain. I you know. It, the feeling of you can't get out of bed, even stand you can't up. move, yeah. can't even That's... stand up. I felt like I was being such a prima donna, but I, I wasn't. My body, I literally couldn't. I mean, there were times, you're talking to me now, kudos to you, because I remember the sensation of, I couldn't, I can't maintain a conversation. I can't, I can't even talk. I can't yeah, even. It's like my mind's like clout, like you can't concentrate that's how I kind of feel like you can't concentrate on things you know I can't even look at my phone screen that's another thing like oh, look at yeah. my phone screen so I could get like I'm yeah. gonna pass out you know yeah. well you realize the light that we take in through our phone screens it's actually a draining light we we are being pulled energy is being pulled from us through our orbital through our eye systems more so than we're receiving it's actually draining. It, it can drain you to look at a screen. It can drain you. And we don't realize that. And you really do, re you do realize that when your system is, you know, in this state, in this state of <laughs> emergency low battery system, you be, you're way more sensitive to all these energetic pulls and triggers and this and that. And even looking at the phone screen feels like an immovable mountain. I couldn't do it either. I had to take, which was good. It's, let's be honest. It's good. It's good to take a break from our 
screens, from your computer screens, from TV, from your the 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 God in your pocket, from your from your phone. Yeah. We blast that light into our eyes 24/7. We rarely get respite from our screens. And you know, bigger, broader picture, what are our screens? I've said this once, I'll say it again. Screens are a method of concealment. What do you put up when you don't want someone to see what you're doing? You put up a screen. You, 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 it's a fence. Essentially, the idea, the concept, the concept of, of, of screens is something, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a concealment device. <laughs> and we are getting all of our most, quote unquote, important information from screens, from <laughs> concealment devices. And you can't seem to escape them either, even if you no. go anywhere you go, there's kind of like something on, you know, like. Yeah. It's hard to kind of escape the screen. Yeah, the uh, the amount of false light out there, the amount of like diode illumination, these LED, these tiny little red, blue, and green diodes, just trillions upon trillions upon trillions of them, more than more than I think are there even grains of sand in the whole wide world. Those screens are everywhere. Those tiny little diodes collected together on a screen system. They, they make up our world. We have more screened surfaces in our quote-unquote natural worldscape than we do nature these days, you know, especially when you're in a big city. My God, everywhere you look, you know, the billboards are electronic. Every welcome, you know, you walk into a, a the welcome sign itself yeah. is electronic. You know, you go into McDonald's, they, they don't have, the menus aren't actual text anymore. It's these screens that are, are projecting the menu in so they can rotate it out very quickly or whatever. It's all graphics. It's all light-based graphics. And that is exhausting. I mean, you can feel it now. You can feel yeah, it. When you're on low percent, you can mm -hmm. kind of feel the energy it takes to just look just at your screen, doesn't it? Do you know, like, I, I know. think because I'm, I'm so low, I'm in the red bar. Do you you know, are. Like... Yeah, you've gone from yellow to red, bud. Yeah, you're you're about to turn. You're about to turn it's off. Normally, like <laughs> in the past, like say I have like a fluey kind. I would usually just lie in bed and watch YouTube videos or whatever. Oh. Do you know, like but I can't even do that. This feels different, right? This yeah. feels different. So Les had a similar thing. He after I said that I had had my sickness, and my sickness came on um, when I. Basically, I had traveled back from Malibu. I'd had my my dive tribe adventure in Malibu. It was amazing, just just a, a, an incredible time. I really felt like I had spiritually and emotionally, and just I'd really centered myself. I had gone, you know, some people are like, oh, I want to go on vacation to to recharge. I well, I really did. I, I I recharged my batteries, for lack of a better. I recharged emotionally, physically all the things I really, really did. And I heard the ocean, all these things that I felt that I knew, like I, I just knew that I needed to do. I, I checked all those off my list. Okay. So then I get back and then there's this, the, and then boom, it just, boom, I am, I am ill. And it's an ill, it's a type of illness that I've never experienced before. I, I immediately attributed it to food poisoning because I ate left, of course, when I get back. I'm like, oh, what's in the fridge? Oh, this old Thai food. Let me grab that. But, you know, I've got an iron stomach. I've eaten things three times as old. You know, I, that, shouldn't have, that shouldn't have done it for what me. What do you but think of it being a bug when people go, oh, he's got a bug? I think it's something deeper. Okay, yeah. so Les, ha Les told me when he got back from Ukraine, when he had his adventure, <laughs> his boots on the ground, you know, basically showing to us and the world that there was not the, the fighting going on in Ukraine. 
When he came back from that, he experienced the exact same illness. It was like a three-day wipeout, which is what happened to me. Hit me on a Friday, recovered on, recovering on Saturday, and then by Sunday, I was still really low energy, but I could at least move about, um, and that was kind of my, my first day of, of feeling back, back to somewhat normal. Then by Monday, I was, I was great. So it was really like a, a three-day intensive recovery, but by, by the fourth day, I was, I was totally, totally good. And that's what he said, that he had a similar, what felt like an acclimation, a, a, his body reacclimating to this reality. And, you know, there's something, there's something to that. The whole idea of quarantine, which we became very familiar with this word quarantine, you know, when lockdowns, we, we're familiar, we, we've heard the word, we know what the word is. But the word quarantine actually goes back to sailors, and if you believe in history, you know, it goes back to the sailors back in the, you know, the, the 1700s, 1800s. They would actually have to stay 40 days at sea in harbor before they would go on to shore in whatever new destination they arrived in. And they did this because there was a, a, a sickening, a poisoning that would happen inside the body when you arrived in a new land and you're, you had not acclimated to the land itself, the, the frequency of the place. There was like an electromagnetic sickness to the, the, the frequency and you you had to you had to like adjust your vibe for 40 days you had to you had to become reacclimated with the with the, the the frequency of of the place and so that took that process took about 40 days and then once once that happened then you could get on land and you were you were good to go you could you could move about without without the sickness and maybe there's something to that maybe you know i, I don't know i think that I think that when we go through, I mean, I'm thinking of myself, I just had the, I just got off this weekend. I will go, we'll get back to this, but I had my first psychedelic experience. <laughs> my fourth attempt finally worked. I can't, I'm so excited to talk to you about that, but we'll, we'll table that for now. But I think that there is something that happens when we are going, not just traveling location wise, but when we are traveling energetically, when we are maneuvering within this realm, whatever this realm actually is, but whenever we are consciousness, whenever wherever we are reaching new states within ourselves, I think that there's an acclimation process. There's a sickness. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a sickness, an illness that we can feel maybe because we've moved too fast between planes. You know, maybe we've roamed too quickly from point A to point Z in our understanding and in, in, in wh where our consciousness exists within within this realm and in our in our human body systems in this body systems it feels like a, a seasickness it feels like a it, that's it, kind of the feeling yeah so like your head like what's the word when you're like vertigo kind of feeling yeah, you know dizzy, yeah mm -hmm. really no or the the inability to orientate to to feel oriented to feel do you know what i thought as well, it's kind of like news today like there's going to be a fourth a fourth jab, isn't there? It's like news over oh. here. There's going to be a fourth jab. Fourth jab. So that just came out today. I guess the rhetoric over the, where you are is yes. ramping up again. Maybe you know. people, it, there might be people out there that's had three jabs and maybe feel like I do today and then be like, I need that fourth one. To yeah. 
to get rid of this so I don't get this ever again you know I I don't like I don't like that I felt sick during this time because I've been so proud you know like this whole time zero jabs zero sicknesses zero anything during this quote-unquote unquote deadly global pandemic I felt so so fortunate to to just be you know healthy and and whole and then I get we we can forget that we can get sick anyway do you know what we've talked about this before we can you can get sick you're supposed to get sick illness is a sign of a a healthy body system Mm. you're not supposed to be in a state of constant illness that is that is a system that is overtasked but when you have an immune a strong immune response and that usually comes in the form of fevers aches chills cold and flu-like symptoms that's a really that happens whenever our immune system is tested. It sends all of these basically inflammatory responses all over our body, and we register those as these cold and flu-like symptoms. They're they're very they're ubiquitous. They they happen with. I mean, there's there's countless diseases that present quote unquote diseases. I don't I don't believe in um, uh, viral disease, but um, quote, there's thousands of ailments that present with these specific immunoresponse symptoms. Because ultimately, it's just our immune system doing its thing. You know, we get a fever. We get a fever because we're basically heating our system from the inside. We're raising our our vibration. You know, heat is vibration. And we are raising the vibration of our body system when we up the internal heat system. And I think what that's doing is pushing out low vibration Entities, low vibration, uh, uh, rebalancing out whatever low vibration experience was was roaring through our body. We heat that up. We heat it up. We get our base body temperature up. We re-equalize to, you know, the nice and balmy 98.6, whatever that is. But fever, fever and heightened degree within the body is a natural, normal response. It kicks us on us on our ass, you know, and then we have like the, the expellent experiences, the, the sneezing, the coughing, you know, when you're getting all that phlegm out. I didn't actually experience that with, with my, I didn't really have any like cold like symptoms. Kind of not me that either. I've kind of got a little bit of a cold symptom, but I think it's just more through just like tiredness myself. Are you feeling anything in your ears? Are you feeling anything in your ears? Yeah. It feels like when you're on an airplane, you know, and it's your ears kind of that's Pop. me too. <laughs> yes, my ears, like this equilibrium, this need to pop. I feel like I feel like I've been underwater for, and I, that's one that hasn't actually left. That experience, that that feeling, that sensation, that I'm I'm underwater. It's one of my ears, and I feel like I'm constantly underwater, and I'm just about to go deep enough to where my ear will pop, but it never really gives me that Talking satisfaction. The queen is sick again, no. and is not attending. Like oh. a parliament thing for the first time ever again. Yes, I read about that. And this is not her first. Oh, no, there's been a few now this miss. first time yeah. ever this, this year, isn't it? You know, like mm-hmm. missing things. Yeah, so what's the one today? She's missing. It's not the Jubilee. What? Because that was her birthday. What is it? The State Open of Parliament, it's called. And she's never um, missed. Never missed. And, it's and the they're first saying it's mobility ever. issues, right? Mobility. I think issues. so, yeah. It's, but I've seen there's quite a few people out there like predicting the Queen's death for the 20th of May. I've seen a few people, the illusion who come on our show, done yeah. it, but there's also been a, a few different like kind of people on YouTube putting this. So what is it about the about 520? What is it about? The I'm 20? not sure. I've not looked into it enough to 
because I've seen so many people talking about it. It's like when you see quite a lot of people saying it, I kind of like this, like go over my head a little bit, really. You know, okay. I've not looked into why why it's the two five. Well, let's take a step back. The Queen is predicted to die on two, on a, uh, the the twentieth of May. However, <laughs> it's all story. The Queen is a character. She's a, she's a fictional character and always has been. She's a figurehead, and there really is. We've explored this extensively. Yeah, we've actually done my my favorite exploration is on Ella Slack. She is the Queen's stand-in. She's the Queen's <laughs> body double. She's it's it's not a secret. It, it she's actually known for this. Like she's she it's a position that she has held for the the vastness of her adult life. She plays this version of the queen and she, in an official capacity. And now what that means is she does all of the queen's appearances before the queen does. She's the one the, the day before or in preparation of the event, whatever the event is, every single public appearance of the queen, in, in quotes, <laughs> every single public appearance of the queen is pre-routed pre-mapped, pre-stage um, uh, played by the queen's physical body double. She's the same height, same weight, same basic physical Nobody really stature. gets close to them, do they? Do you know? Right. And she does this. And, and this is, this is, anybody can look this up. And this is not a secret. This is, she's, this is her job. She literally, and they, they say it's safety precautions and safety measures. They're going to need someone it's like a dress rehearsal for a play. You know, they need to sit in the audience and watch the players on the on the thing to, to, to see if anything goes wrong, like from the audience perspective. And so the security teams, they set up the entire event as it will be for the queen. She does her, she walks, the, she does exactly what the queen theoretically would do. Meets the crowds and Greets stuff. Greets the crowds. Sure. They have the crowds and everything. It's, it's, it's completely, it's a full on, full dress rehearsal. Full on is the exact same event, and and um, it, when you understand that this actually happens, when when they have this full event prior to what we are told is the real event, you begin to ask some questions <laughs> and you begin to see things a little bit differently. And what I understand is Ella Slack is the queen. She everything that she does is then reanimated reconfigured using technology so that what we see through our screens is a projection of the queen doing exactly what Elisa did. We see. Yeah. 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 It's just, a, she's already done it. Quote, she's real queen. We see quote, that unquote, though, real on queen. screen. Yeah. It's just an identity. And Rainbow, you said it. Nobody really, nobody really gets close enough to the queen to see if that's her or not. Or if that's just some hobbly old woman wearing a hat, you know, shuffling around, shaking a few, a few hands. I don't, you know, does anybody really get their hand shaken at these things? I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. But we have the, we see on TV, we, we see it in our newspapers. We see it all over the social medias. We see these events taking place and, you know, there's they're they're waving from the royal balconies and they're walking the royal promenade and people and there's throngs in the crowd just screaming oh they're so excited, but are they close enough to really see the face of the person who's 
a football field away. No, I don't no. think they get ever get close enough to see. But then they will go back home and rewatch it maybe on TV yeah. or. And, and she'll have the same like, outfit on. It'll yeah. be that purple hat or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, that was, I was there. She looks, you know, she looks so beautiful or whatever. She's so regal. She's the queen. And all they saw was a dress rehearsal. And you've actually experienced this before. Which royal was it when, when you were at school and you... Oh, Prince Charles. Yeah. It was. Yeah, so it was yeah. all everyone around them. At, it was at this college event. So the college took us and there's all... And it was, it was like crowds of people around him, but he was also just... Be, he was behind fences at like um, little rails anyway. So nobody could like run up to him, do you know? Mm -mm. But it was like shaking hands and stuff. But I couldn't get close enough. But I left there feeling like... I just seen Prince Charles, you know. Yeah, you do. You get the you get the feeling that, and in your mind, it's even it's even closer than what you actually do. Like you left with a sensation that you had personally met Prince Charles, which yeah. isn't even though it didn't. Right. I didn't shake the hand. But I was there. Right. I could see the the right. figure walking around, but that's about that's about it, really. I could just see through the crowds of people, you know. Yep. And that mirrors my experiences with celebrities. I've had my brush with a few of them. One of a notable one being Lindsay Lohan. I actually encountered her a couple of times back in the heyday of 2007 in Hollywood, and uh, when she was like at her absolute pinnacle of being a hot mess. And I had one instance that I, I really truly believed that I had like met and become friends with Lindsay Lohan. But in reality, all that had happened was I saw a Tasmanian devil roll, you know, spin into the club, spin around, spin to the bathroom, spin back out, spin somewhat near me and then spin out. And it, it took me many, many years. Okay, and after that night, I was like, I'm best friends with Lindsay Lewins. I danced with her, blah, blah, blah. And so that was in my head. But when I really deconstruct it, I didn't see Lindsay Lohan at all. I didn't encounter truly, physically, this person. I just had the experience of what I was told was Lindsay Lohan. And it when I really look back, like, I, not at one point in my mind's eye do I have a clear vision of her face. It was really just more of her whole the persona, the hair, which was like flaming red, impossible to miss, the whole persona. She was just moving so fast. Of course, you know, the whole thing was her doing drugs, and so she was in and out of the bathroom like <laughs> 10 times. I mean, she was only there at the club for about 30 minutes, and the majority of it was her going in and out of the bathroom with an entourage. She was always surrounded by people. She was on the dance floor for just uh, just a, a moment, but she the way she moved around, she like bumped into enough people to make them feel like myself that we had danced yeah. with Lindsay Lohan, and then she was gone like as quick as she had arrived. And it really took me until I woke up until all these years later. This was you know my heydays, 2007 was a long time ago, and. I, it took me a really, really long time to realize that I actually did not have any experience with a celebrity. It, it could have so easily been a double, just a, just, um, just a, an entity, a character, an identity to further the narrative, which at the time was very strong, that Lindsay Lohan was this out of control drug you know, this, she was just this celebrity gone wrong at the time, like Paris Hilton, yeah. Britney Spears was having her breakdown at the same time. This is the time <laughs> that Paris, I was just Britney about to and mention her. Have you seen Britney now posting oh, all the naked pictures? Boy. I, I, oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. 
And it seems to be the same picture though as well. Do you know, like that's what I'm, I've seen it pop up on, I've not logged in Twitter for a while and I looked there and it, it said. Fans um, are asking Britney Spears yeah, to stop to posting. Stop posting. But she, there was one the other weekend she was stood with it holding this dog naked as well. Mm-hmm. Do you know, like she, he, you know, shim. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Britney Spears, I don't, I don't think that Britney Spears is a real entity either. I think Britney Spears oh. is a character, a character that's been played by multiple actors over a lifetime and had an identity projected on that we see through our screens on the cover of magazines. We are presented with a, a Britney, and that's a packaged illusion. It's, it's an illusion. And I think what we're seeing now, because when you really look at all those Britneys, when you look at her, her various posts on Instagram, and trust me, I've gone down this rabbit hole, she looks different. Like, she just looks like a Definitely. different actor. Teeth are different. Um, physical, just the musculature, the morphology of her face is different. And they're like, oh, well, she's just getting older. She's aging. I don't think it's that. I think that that's an easy way to explain it away. Oh, she just looks different because she's gone insane and come in and out of insanity quite a few times, and that kind of changed your appearance. But I, I believe that what is happening is we are our biggest idols, the people that are put on the highest of pedestals, the the really the unreachables. Britney Spears being one of them. She is a supernova, a star that burns so so bright, but is ultimately designed to implode. That's what a supernova does. A spectacularly burn, a spectacularly bright star in the sky that we can marvel at. And then the only option is for it to, to go out in a fiery crash. Yeah, burn out. Burn out, burn out. And that's what these stars do. And Britney Spears is the new Marilyn Monroe. She is physically based off Marilyn Monroe. Her story is is shades of, of Marilyn, this, this extreme, extreme idolatry mixed with just the, the, the most, this, it's like just a sad, an extreme sadness, just an, a sadness to the life. You know, when you really deconstruct Britney Spears' life, it's just sad. It's just, uh, it, it, it's, it, it's kind of sick and it's sad. I mean, the conservatorship, she's essentially a prisoner in her own life. Again, I don't believe that there is actually a Britney Spears being held captive in this scenario. I believe that it's all narrative around this character. I also don't believe that Marilyn Monroe was actually a real person. I think that she was a character that was played by multiple Hollywood starlets that had similar physical features, Jane Mansfield being one of them, very similar looks and then a facial projection is mapped on, just like we see with Snapchat filters. You know, instead of puppy dog ears, you know, it's it's, it's an entire face. it's it's an entire identity. It's an entire face. And people are like, oh, well, they couldn't have done that back then, guys. They can do anything, anytime. The and technology that we don't believe. believe they can do it through like kind of Instagram and stuff. You know, oh, it's like because it's just film looking like it's on a mobile phone or whatever. People don't think that it could be done because it's on takeaway, social media. The biggest takeaway for me the, is the understanding that this technology, the technology that we understand as modern tech, has existed forever. Forever. For as long as this human experience has been unfolding, 
which I don't think is all that long, this one, this iteration, I think it's just a couple hundred years. I think that we started, this version of us, of humanity, I think started in uh, the 1800s with, with our lost generation. <clears throat> and then we've been kind of improving, upgrading with each gen, our capacity to understand the world around us as the technology gets doled out to us over time in these very calculated drips and drabs. And then the world is shaped around these technologies. And then the world is shaped pre, -tech, pre the technology so that we will desire the technology more. You know, the reason that we're so obsessed with our, with our inst in in Instagrams and things is because over time we've been slowly prepared for this. You know, if you gave, if you put, like my grandmother doesn't use social media. And if I gave her my, my Instagram right now and said, grandma, have fun. Like she'd probably last about two minutes. Like it just doesn't, she doesn't get it. She doesn't want it. She it hasn't time for give this. Us like basic ones, didn't it? To begin with, like the first one I ever used was called face party. It was called Ooh. And then the up it, then it's Facebook. And then they make it, then you leave that cause that's better. And then Instagram comes up, that's better. And Twitter. Then Did you do MySpace? Better. Did you have a MySpace? No one never made a MySpace. Mm. No. My first one was Friendster. Friendster. Friendster was my first social media. That was when I was in college. That was 2003. The fall of 2003 was my first semester in college. And I remember getting on Friendster and I connected with quite a few people. I was kind of a loner. I was like, I was, like I've always been weird. Do you remember yeah. chat rooms? Like, they don't, did they even do that anymore? I don't know. Um, well, that, oh, that, yeah, I guess when I really look back at it, my first social media experience was AOL. AOL Instant Messenger chatting with all with you know with my friends and that and we could live in that world that was my, that was my first experience i could just do it for hours hours and hours and hours inside that virtual experience i lived you know we we i felt like i was having a robust life affirming experience within the imaginary walls of a, of a chat of a chat room or a little chat box with your instant messaging. And that was, that was what I really understood as the internet. I hadn't gone to the internet yet. I didn't know that the internet existed outside of AOL. I thought the AOL, I thought AOL was the internet. And so that was, that wasn't college. I was like middle school, um, that I, that I started chatting online and stuff like that. But then, yeah, I'm in college with the social media. And then I was in college as well when Facebook started. And at that time you actually had to have a .edu account. Uh, you actually had to be in a university at the very um, the very precipice of Facebook when they were just rolling it out to other schools because it started at Stanford and then it rolled out to other colleges within the private echelon like Harvard. I think other Ivy Leagues got it and then they rolled it out to other colleges and universities, major university networks and then it was school, other, other schools and like they just kept allow opening and open and then eventually everybody could be on Facebook but for a stretch I remember feeling like I was in on this very special very cool I was like this is the future the friend, uh, you know Facebook is the future and I remember back then it was called the Facebook the Facebook and it operated very differently than it it does now um but it was it was definitely a way to connect to to find and connect with individuals, and they had a messaging component, and you could you could message people, um, which is kind of they had bar the messaging component was borrowed, I think, from everything you know the, the chat rooms and everything. Like we like to, we feel with when the an anonymity uh, between our screens and ourselves, when that wall is 
is up, when we feel that we've got this anonymous interplay between us, this this whole vast universe of the internet, we've, and we feel like on one side and whoever we're chatting with is on the other side, there's a freedom that happens psychologically within that, and we can be more ourselves, typing versus talking. I think that there's something to be, to be, to be studied there about, about language and about what we understand as privacy and freedom and all of this, all of this stuff. But yeah, I definitely remember feeling like I, I made more friends, even in college, when you're supposed to be like out and about socializing, I actually met many of my, what I consider now to be friends, I met them through these social networks. I did not meet them in class. Well, some of them, I guess I did, but you know, like the majority of people that I remember meeting and becoming my friends early in college, I had met through these, these systems. I was just really comfortable with the, the chatting, the chatting versus talking. Like you said the other week, you in person, it's not the set. Do you know it's easier to yeah. talk sometimes, and it's you know just. You know, I have a hard time. I, I, I'm a loner. You know, like I get I get social anxiety really quickly. I, I feel like, and I think it's because of the way that, just I was raised and the job that I've had. Just something about it. There's like a falseness and a fakeness that I'm still trying to remove from how I operate. I feel like I there's like a side of me that turns on like I have to please everybody like oh, oh hey oh, oh. I have to be like a certain version of myself when I'm in a group of people versus if I'm just conversing one on one through the magic of the internet you know there's there's a there I can be my true self <laughs> when I am communicating through this device through through the computers through my through my phone or whatever but when i'm in person i feel like almost like i have to put on a different version of like a different me uh, and i don't even actively consciously do it it's like all of a sudden i'm on autopilot and i feel myself powering up for this social display i don't really know how to just it's something something comes over me and i that's the the people pleasing element of my brain turns on the real me kind of leaves, goes into the wings of the theater, and I, I am this other, this other version of myself when I'm around people, and I'm still learning to be my true self. It's like we're all kind of, we're all actors. We are. In all, a way. We're all <laughs> actors in these, in our, in our meat suit costumes. Oh my God. Okay, this brings me to my psychedelic experience. Yeah, I was just going to say then, how, how did it oh. come about? And okay, so this was number four, my attempt number four. I've attempted three times to reach a psychedelic state, only with mushrooms. I don't think that I'm an acid girl. I, I don't even, that's just the word acid. Sounds like my brain's <laughs> going to be fried up. I, I don't even want to go there. And I do know that mushrooms can give you this very robust psychedelic experience. And so that's that's what I've wanted to do. Okay. And I've never purchased mushrooms. I've never, it's they've always been gifted to me. And I feel like that is a, a special part of it as well. But anyway, this was my this was my fourth time of mushrooms coming into being gifted into my into my person. And I it was on Sunday, and Sunday here in the United States was Mother's Day. Um, and because of some scheduling stuff, I ended up staying this weekend by myself here. Uh, I didn't go see my mom. I'm doing that in a couple weekends. But I, I realized I had the Sunday to myself. I, I had nothing, nothing to do, nothing. It was a beautiful day. 
and I, I was like, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do those mushrooms today. And you know, I had just tried a couple weeks prior, but it was unsuccessful. And so every time I've tried mushrooms, I just wait for the effects to kick in, and they just don't. And I had begun to think that I was maybe immune to psychedelics. I, I, really, I was like, this is, surely, surely I, I am too psychedelic already. <laughs> so, okay, so this time I did everything right. I didn't eat. I took the most amount I've ever tried. It was almost three grams. Uh, my last attempt was two grams, which is a lot, but I had eaten. I had eaten, so I feel like that counterbalanced. So this time, empty stomach, good dose, just just complete, like a free day ahead, no cares in the world, nothing. And I was just really, I was ready. And that beautiful day in nature. So what I did is I went for a walk, and I actually took them on the walk um, and let, like, I just, because I, I remember you had said, like, kind of getting out in the nature. Yes. Yeah, it helps you. You go into your back garden. It helps it kind of kick in. So Yeah, add a bit of music. and Yeah. So I, I just chewed them. I chewed them up and just chewed them really, really well. Kept chewing, kept chewing, kept chewing, kept chewing. And, and I, I read that, you know, the, your pre-digestion, your teeth actually mashing them up, that helps kind of expel some of the the yeah. psychedelic um, uh, material within the, within the... Anyway, so I did that. <clears throat> 30 minutes go by. I'm not feeling anything, but I keep having the sensation to look at my hands. For whatever reason, I keep looking at my hands. Every five minutes or so, I'm just compelled. I don't know what it is. I'm just compelled to look at my hands. Look at, look at your hands. Look at your hands. Look at your hands. So still nothing's happening. An hour goes by, and I'm starting to feel like all the other trips. Like, you know, oh, an hour's gone by. I don't feel anything uh, this is just another one, you know, just like another wasted, all those, those mushrooms are just wasted again, man. And then all of a sudden I look at my hands one more time and my hands have, be have begun to, to change. My hands, I can see on the palms of my hands, I can see this, um, almost like a motherboard. I can see all of this energy, this circuit circuited energy running through my hands. My hands, the, the palm... The skin on the palm of my hand has essentially turned into what I would think that I would see if I opened my computer, like the, the wiring and the circuits and just the way little circuits are drawn on, on these motherboards. That's, that's, I was able to see that, like through the skin. Um, and I remember thinking like, oh shit, okay, this is, this is psychedelic. This is not normal. This is, I think I, I, think I have entered... Psychedelics have entered the chat. Was you still out on your walk at this I point? I had made it home. I had made it home. Yeah. I was sitting out on, um, I've got this little balcony uh, uh, it, that kind of overlooks the um, my little front area. And I was sitting on the balcony on this, I have this little porch swing. And just sitting up there, the breeze was coming. It just felt very, the, the trees, it was going, like just everything visually looked it just it looked beautiful. It felt beautiful. It was. I was like, this will be a really comfortable place to be for a while. So at that point, I was swinging on the swing, and I looked at my hands, and I saw all this circuitry running through, and I knew that the psychedelic experience had begun. So I was like, okay, let me look at something else. I still very much had the, my presence of mind at this point. And I looked at the bricking on my apartment, and this, this brick column, and the brick had begun to melt. The brick, the brick was melting in front of me. 
Like I was seeing all of the material, the brickwork, it was just morphing and, and melting yeah. and then going back up and then melting again and going yeah. back up and it was, it was moving. And then I looked at the tiles on the ground and there was this, there was this like haze. The wind was kind of moving this, like the dust like pollen that it's, it's, it's spring, everything's spring. There's pollen everywhere, but this like thin kind of sheet of pollen that had, it's like a dust, like a yellow dust that had collected on the tiles of the balcony. It was moving in this beautiful dance, like it was a dance. Everything was a dance. The, the, with, the, yeah, the, with the music, if you have the music on, it kind of looks like it's moving to the music. Like, yeah. you know, like. yeah. Well, the interesting <laughs> thing here is I was not listening to music active I was not there was not any external yeah, you were just music watching and it was in a dance kind but of the music was the uh, music played the whole time for me but I didn't I didn't listen to music the music was created in my head the entire time that I was tripping two things stood out to me that I was not expecting the first thing was language something in me unlocked language completely unlocked in my brain and I was fluent in Spanish for the trip for the entire trip most of the dialogue in my head was in Spanish. I don't speak Spanish. I speak a little bit. Un poquito español. I speak just a little bit. I learned Spanish. We have to learn Spanish in schools. You have to, you know, so I had years and years and years and years and years, even, even college level Spanish and some French. And like I, but I am very good with language. I moved around a lot as a kid. I spoke languages as a child. I have kind of like a linguist. I pick up languages really quickly. I speak a little bit of Korean as well. Like if I'm introduced, if I'm enmeshed in a language, I will pick it up very, very, very quickly. The language part of my brain is, is, is always been really, really fast. Even as an adult, I can pick up new languages very quickly, which is something that they say is very hard to do. But the fact that my inner, my inner dialogue was Spanish the, during a, 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 a majority of the trip, and also Spanish guitar. For, for whatever reason, it sounded like there was Spanish guitar coming through an old crackly radio the whole time and just this beautiful almost like a almost like an old movie like an old movie set in it's in the background it was just in the back in the background like an old like a, the soundtrack to an old movie coming through like an old like it sounded like the crackle of an old 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 style radio and it followed me wherever i went you know it was just in me the radio receiver was in my head and the spanish was so strange and i kept i kept okay so throughout the trip throughout throughout my experience what I kept feeling was an onboarding of new consciousness. I would have this like rolling sensation in the back of my neck and spine that whenever I was like, inter once I realized I was tripping, I was like, okay, just feel everything. Don't try to explain it all. Don't try to understand it all. Just feel it. And actually that was kind of a hallmark myself to myself throughout the trip. Like my, my, me and my consciousness separated and myself, I was guiding myself through it. And I kept saying, quit trying to explain it. Like in my yeah. mind, I was like, what am I going to say on Realize Radio? What am I going to say on Realize Radio? <laughs> and, and the other me, my, my guide me, kept saying, get the fuck out of here with that. Like, don't even think. Like, there's no, there's Just no enjoy words. enjoy it. Just enjoy it. There's not even words. Just know. There's not even words to truly explain this. Just be in it. Experience it. Feel it. Okay, so the language, language was level one. So language and music, that part of my brain cracked open, completely opened up. The language barriers that I have on my operating system, which is basically, you know, modern English, that's my, that's my, that's my barrier, that's my, that's my, my mother system, my mother language. 
Um, and that's really all I know when I'm in this state. But that broke, that broke open, and it unlocked a whole other host of language, which is essentially an operating system. And so I achieved, my early on in the trip, I, I achieved a level up on my operating system of language, and it was, it was opened up to multiple languages. I was even conversing, in, so Spanish and Korean are two, I, other than English, are the two languages that I have the most conversational skills in. And I would not say I'm fluent. I would not say, I would say that if you've put me in the middle of Korea or Mexico, I would be totally, totally lost. But in this experience, it was fluid and fluent what I was hearing and what I was able to conjure in my mind, these language, and I, and I didn't hear any English the whole time other than myself saying, don't try to explain it. Like don't, that was the only, myself as an English guide through the rest of it was kind of outside of the bounds of, of what I understand to be my, my language. Anyway. Okay. So level one was getting above language. And then I felt another wave of consciousness separation. I really, and that's the only really way I can describe it is like I was unhinging my consciousness, decoupling my consciousness from myself, and then another consciousness, a different, possibly greater consciousness, was coming on board. I was letting it come in and, and, and take over. I don't know if that was the consciousness of the mushroom, if the mushroom itself has its own consciousness that I was now able to experience, or if this was more of a collective conscious, if I was like tapping into a much broader shared consciousness that just is, that just exists inside and outside of us at all times, we just aren't able to tap into it for whatever reason. Okay, so within this space, within this next, after I had been like, oh cool, the walls are melting. Oh cool, I'm hearing Spanish guitar. Oh cool, I'm completely fluent in Korean and Spanish in my, in my head. Once I kind of oohed and awed about that, I felt another way of coming on and this one, took me to the back rooms, the back rooms of my human body system, the machine of me. I got to look at all the mechanics and wiring of it from a distance. The, the one thing that the hallmark of this experience was I felt like I was between worlds. I felt like I was between this world and whatever world was projecting this world. I was in this in-between crawl space and I was actually viewing everything from the mechanics of my machine. So when I, would, when I was looking around, I actually visually saw the wire mesh, the geometry of my perspective. I actually saw the mapping, the projection mapping of myself as the, as the camera point, as like the point zero, the, the camera taking in all of everything in every direction you look, it doesn't matter what you're looking at, it doesn't matter where you are in, in space and time, if you look to your left and then you look up and then you look around, you're going to ingest a mapped version of the world that is is like perfectly projected in 3D space for distances and shadows and depth. And it's all mathematics. It's all mathematics on how things, if something's X yards away, it's going to appear at a certain you know, height and 
uh, angle and everything and like vanishing point. If you look at something so far away, it's it's going to feel like it it's like it, it's gone because it's it's vanished. But that's just a matter. It hasn't actually gone anywhere. It's just a matter of of rays and angles and how our 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 our. I think that's a great way of explaining. It. Like you said, like you're in between two. That, that's a great way of explaining. It. I think like you're in between this world and something else. I truly felt, and it was like a, it was it was like an a. It, okay, and also at this point. I completely left the physical world. I was very aware of that. I was just sitting on this bench outside. I was sitting on my little swing bench and my body had gone into a catatonic state. I don't know if this is common in, but I was no longer moving. I had gone into this immovable state. I was actually like, I was, I was like a rubber dummy sitting on a bench. I was not moving at all. I was barely breathing. I was just, my eyes had almost rolled back into my head and I left this world and just went in for a couple of hours. I, I, I completely left the physical world and went into my, my, my brain world and everything that I was seeing, everything that I was experiencing, it was like a lucid dream. I, the, the, what I can, what, what I can equate it to, the only thing that I can compare it to is when you're in a lucid dream and you realize that you're dreaming and then you test something. You're like, oh, can I feel this? I know I'm dreaming, but can I feel this? Is this does this feel real? And then you touch the wall. And in my dream, yeah, I, I test if I find myself lucid dreaming, which is pretty rare. But I will I will test things. I'll I'll feel the wall, and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I can really feel it. I know I'm dreaming, but I can feel the texture of the wall. I can pr press against the wall and feel the pressure. I can really feel. I can I can feel like you know like in a haptic suit for these. For these, you know, VR experiences, you put on this, this suit and you put on the VR goggles and you can see and feel in real time. You can, you, the sensations on your skin are so real that it, that it feels like you're actually experiencing that thing. It's just a sensation. When you're asleep, you're actually not physically, your hand's not against the textured wall feeling it. You're, but if you, you know, you're, the, the, the synapses in our brain can't tell the difference. Anyway, okay, so I entered into this lucid dream state. I was completely out of out of my body. My, I was just like, my body was just stuck and frozen. And I went into this map, this new 3D mapped world and, and existed within there for, for really just a couple of hours. That was the remainder of, of my trip. I was no longer interested in seeing the walls melt, seeing my seeing this physical world. I was not you've interested. Gone, like, you said, you've gone past, I went past, past it. that. Yeah. I was not interested in looking at the trees and seeing how trippy they were. I was not interested in looking at the walls and seeing them melt. I was no longer interested in seeing the floor dance. That felt like, that felt like level one shit. Yeah. Especially when the new conscious and I wasn't in control of any of this. I was just I was like, okay, that was like that was level one. Here and now I'm on level. How nine. long was the whole thing in did it feel like? Uh, five to six hours. About about I started I I ingested at eleven twenty two and I was done by about five o'clock. And uh and there was no remnant. I wanted there to be some sort of like trippy remnant. I wanted I kept looking at the wall, waiting for it to start melting again, kept looking at my yeah, hands. Just gone. It was just, it was just gone. And One of the things I've only yeah. ever spoke about them being good. Do you know what I mean? And having yeah. a good trip, but no one really ever speaks about having what they call like a bad one, do they? Like I'd but, say the majority are good. Like I had one bad ish, ish. Okay. So you've had good trips up until now, always, right? Okay. Yeah. Always. Oh man. Okay. 
and it was oh. good it was going well it's going brilliant actually <laughs> and what time of so day walk me through your it day was about four in the afternoon okay check deck chair out in the garden mm. chilling and i had about six seven seven grams maybe okay like so that's way bag. more than i than i had yeah but and you're so also had, way more than me you you also are so, a boy and- yeah so i had half and then there's kind of like hmm I could feel some, so then I just thought there's only that little bit and I don't want to have them again. Like, you know, I, I feel like I don't want them for a bit now. Yeah. So I just had the rest of them. And then I just sat in the garden and I was like chilling out and then the sky is all doing all the nice stuff for me again. And it's all really nice. And it kind so of you went, see I, symbols in the sky. Did you see Celtic see, symbols again? Like I the crosses was, and stuff? No, it was more like a maze shape. But what was weird is that mm. I had like these two shadows appear in the corner of my eyes. And when I looked, they'd gone. But I've never hal- feel like I've proper like hallucinated. Like but yeah, where people like, a, like mm. people like figures. And honestly, the sky was doing all the shapes, the clouds, and everything. But I didn't feel like it. It was a bit weird, really. And then I got this urge, like kind of hold my breath. I don't know why. <gasps> so I held my breath, and I felt like I just could still breathe. It was weird, and I went up to and I looked down on myself it was just weird it was the weirdest experience ever like mm. I looked down on my I see me in the chair like my actual body in the chair mm. it was just weird and this was the first time you had left your body I right? felt like I you, got you this such a weird feeling like it that's what actually happened to me and I seen it it was like, and I could breathe clearly though. This is what was weird. Yeah. I could breathe everything. It was, it was such a strange thing. Then it went, it kind of chilled out because it kind of could go on and off. Mm-hmm. So like, that was all good. I didn't mind that. Like, it was just weird. Like something I won't forget anyway, for sure. Yeah. And I called the trees. It was like trees in my garden, right? So I've got one, this one tree, it's like flicked, but it's like bent. Mm-hmm. And it's like got all nice blossoms on it and stuff behind it are three other trees it was weird and it was so the colors coming from it was so crazy and it took a video vibrant? was it extra vibrant yeah it was like they was making some sort of not it was weird honestly it was some not like an experience i've never had before anyway definitely oh they were making and like a noise I, like yeah a- and i took a picture of it uh-huh. and it looks like i was looking at it at the time <laughs> like one tree was like flicking its hair back to like and there's these three perfect trees that to it you know you have to <laughs> show like, me bang. i want to see that <laughs> <laughs> I Did took it a look, video. Does it look psychedelic at all when you look back on it now? No, when like, I look back at it, I'm like, what was I looking what the, at? What you know? I yeah. yeah. But anyway, it's just a weird one. Then he had like these, me, like again, it was like I was behind myself. It was like I was behind me and I was making these hand shapes, weird hand shapes that wasn't just like random though. They didn't look random. It looked like it was a pattern. Hmm. Like, Honestly, it was weird. I've asked a few other people. I've searched like like through Reddit on it, and there is other people that have had these kind of experiences where they're out of the body from it. And so you were like, like your consciousness was floating outside right of you, behind above my you, head. Behind I could you. see my head. Yeah, the back was, of your head, like you. Could yeah, see. and I was in my house at this point, so okay. I'd gone into my house and. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just a bit. And then you were watching yourself start to make 
like yeah so like... what's past the mirror yeah so that's another bit so oh. uh, yeah so i was what and the hand shapes it was it was kind of like this but it was like i couldn't like, even repeat it looks it. kind of like you're doing fake sign language like you're yeah, like it twisting was just like, it's no, like it was like my wrists and stuff yeah, your going, wrists was, or... but it was like repeat repeated yeah. yeah it wasn't and were like you I was watching your hands we do that like, and couldn't yeah but so I you, wasn't you're, stopping you, you them. Were, look, were you looking at your hands? Could you see I, yourself looking at your I was looking at, at my hands, but not through my eyes. <sighs> weird. That, it was like a weird one. And uh-huh. you know, kind of when I look back, when I look back, I felt like, have you ever seen that movie, Being John Milosevic, where like you can, uh-huh. people pay and you go in and you can go behind his eyes and control his stats. <laughs> That's oh what I felt God. like it kind of was. That you back. kind of felt that you were in your robot, your meat suit. Someone so, else like, had paid to your... go through John Milosevic because he's a... Oh, <laughs> That's like kind of, it just felt weird. Like Your consciousness left your was body. was out of my body. The whole time it was weird. And then Damn. it was like... It was honestly, and then even that wasn't too bad, but it was more that I didn't have kind of like the control. So it sounds like crazy, but all along as well, these two dark shadows was there the whole time in the corner of my eyes. So like, like I could at see the, the very corner. side of your periphery, you could yeah. see like almost as if someone was sitting on your shoulder. Yeah, but I couldn't like a see devil, a like you person. See. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't see a person. It was something there. It Feel felt like it, it was watching it. the whole experience. With me. You got the sensation that they were watching, whatever it was, on both yeah. sides was watching Yeah, and it with was you. crazy at the time. I was still able to think, what is this? What is it? I wasn't, like, out of out of it or anything. Like, I could still think in my head, like, what are these handshapes and stuff? Like, wow, what, <laughs> what I wonder I what it means. That's yeah. what I was kind of thinking. So I was like, what does it mean? Yeah. You know? And it, it was just a bit of a crazy one. And it kind of, to be honest, don't think I'll be having them again for a while. <laughs> What else because did you see? What else did you see that after was that? Like, well, uh... I walked past the mirror, and as I walked past, it was like half my, my eye was green. It looked like my eye was green. And at this time, I and felt your eyes are blue, fine. right? Your eyes are blue. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. One was a different. One went to a different color. And what? honestly, it was like at this time, I felt all right again. Like I felt in control of myself and everything. And yeah. looked past the mirror, and half my face just looked messed up, like. Hmm. Evil. Well, one eye I'd color say. looks different. Like a Evil. Demon. <gasps> it looked like a demon face. Was the half green of my eye face, side honestly. of your face? Was yeah, that the it evil was all side? like it, it was all like not my. It was not my face. Like it was weird what? how it was like that. Like a, it was like long? it's hard to explain, and it's something that I've not forgotten exactly as it was. And that was for about half an hour. I'd say I was like kind of like stepping back and going back, and it was still there and stuff like that. I was like, what oh the my fuck? God. But yeah, when I think back now, I'd think that's kind of scary. Have a little break from them, (laughs) and it's not even like I've had them that often. Do you know what I mean? I think that was like my fourth or fifth time. Mm -hmm. So, and you have you ever tried and it didn't work on you, or have you always had success? Yeah, I've had it once when it didn't work. Yeah, yeah, that was your first time. No, the first time worked. It was like my third time. I kind of had them, and then. It just didn't kick in. Didn't do anything, yeah. It didn't yeah. do anything. But then, obviously, like, I've never had as much as he had the other night. And do you know what? I've been watching Terrence McKenna videos where he's Go. like, if you don't have five if you don't have five grams, then they're not worth having. And I'm like, what this? I might be seven. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, Rambo. And he talked well, about a lot of these out-of-body stuff and all that, you know, from... I would say you know what, you, you know what your limit is. Like, you can't... You, yeah, but good to, kind good of to like, take off. Good to I felt not like do it. But when you do it again, don't ever do that much. Like 
I took off. Now, cause I didn't feel like I was in danger at any time. I just felt like mm. it was just weird where it was like something that yeah. you think maybe like <laughs> I need to learn, learn whatever it was. I feel like it was trying to teach me something. I, do, I really do feel like some, I was trying to be shown something like from the, all the experience. Think? Yeah, what do you I don't know. I'm still, I, hmm. well, I've wrote a few notes down and oh. trying to still, because I wrote notes down at yeah. the time in the mirror because I like, was writing it down. It was weird. Yeah. And it's, I've got them in there and I've read them and they're kind of a bit like, hmm. So I'm going to keep hmm. on trying to work it out. It's like. I think the most fascinating part that you've told me is the is the periphery, the periphery people. That was there the whole time. The yeah. periphery people, yeah. It reminds it was me like, of, yeah. At certain points, it was coming further forward and then back, but it was definitely like a figure, not a. Sh- it was like a. Sh- like an entity, a shadow. like a person, yeah, yeah, like, like a shadow. Person. Yeah. yeah, that's what it felt like. It wasn't yeah. just like a you shape. You could feel it as well. You could feel the. You could feel Energy. it around you. And, yeah, and I've, I've kind of looked into it a lot, and I know you can't say much from Reddit comments, but there seems to be like over people who have witnessed these kind of things on them as well. It reminds know. me of the cartoon trope or just the trope of devil on one spirit shoulder. Spirit guides, they call yeah, spirit them. Spirit guides, yeah, but maybe one on one shoulder and one on the other. You know, mm. devil on one shoulder, angel on the other. We have the opportunity to be good and, and bad at all times, and it's kind of up to... I, I will have them again, but probably not for a little while, I think. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to try them again. <laughs> I wish you could post you some and send you to the moon, these ones. Woo! <laughs> I don't know if I want that. Oh, this is me doing those hand symbols. Like, ooh. Yeah. Do you know what? Is it, that that one, that still comes in, because I don't know what it was, and it felt... It like, it felt, felt natural, like, right? Yeah. Like you knew what you were doing, so but what, you didn't know yeah. what you were doing. But, yeah. yeah, and I couldn't stop it doing it either. You know what I mean? It was like I, I wonder was if it has anything to do someone with else do it. It felt like I was watching someone else do it through my body, like that, whatever it was. Yeah. I mean, you do know how to communicate a, a language with your hands yeah. already. You're already... You know, and, and and you would have known if you were signing, right? Like you would have yeah, known yeah, if you were knew, actually yeah. doing it was, sign. It was so you were like with my arms and everything yeah. as well. It was weird. Right. It was very like, but it was how it was over and over. It wasn't like I was just going woo, throwing my arms everywhere. Right. You, know? you were. It's like you were. Yeah. It's like you were communicating mm. something. So the, whoever oh, was, was, but yeah, yeah someone because like you were watching yourself walk around the house mm, or whatever. It was weird. I was like, who's in control? Who's in the who's who's controlling this thing right now? I'm not in there. Who's in control? Ooh. Westworld. Westwood. Westward. Westward Beach. Well, like the, the like spiritual. They say they're spiritual kind of drug aren't they? So maybe that's what it does. Kind of opens up. What's your thoughts on um, acid? On acid-based I, psychedelic. I don't think I'd Me try them, to be honest. Me neither. I, I, Mushrooms you, is as far as it just probably sounds go. bad. Other than that, I know other, there's other stuff out there. I don't know what the name of it is. Is it, is it a coot? I can't, I can't even pronounce there's it. There's like myself. lots of different psychedelic, plant-based psychedelics. And I know that there's like certain fro, um, toad and frog, uh, like the secretions and stuff. I know that the, certain things can get you really psychedelic out. And then there's things like ayahuasca. Yeah, that's the like one that. I was trying yeah. to say oh, yeah, then. Yeah, ayahuasca. And that's more like you got it. You can't just do that casually. Like to do ayahuasca, I think you, or ayahuasca, I'm not saying it right, but I kind of think that I'm not familiar. I'm the only thing I'm familiar is with people like going to these retreats, you know, to do it. And it's like, you have to go to a shaman and then you're in the, in the thing. And then, 
It's like a whole. It's yeah, like a whole thing. You can't really do it on your own. But um, mushrooms, you can. Nobody talks about a bad trip. I don't even know if that was a bad trip. When I look back, I don't know. But it just kind of didn't feel like the others. Yeah, nowhere near. Good. Nowhere near the others. Like the others were just great. Really. Yeah. <laughs> You did have a bit of the scary. nothing memorable. You know, yeah. when you look in a mirror and then half your face is evil and your eye color has changed it, on the evil it, side of your it face. It wouldn't go away. And I was stepping and it away. And it wouldn't go away. Oh. What, like trying to rub back, your face. Just, ah. Yeah, it was back again. You know, it was, and it didn't go away. That was like it was my face. It was like the weirdest, weirdest feeling ever, really. It was like how it was like I, I could touch and it felt different and everything. Like it was, it was just weird. It was in the mirror. It was just crazy oh, thing. Oh, God. Maybe it's you're just getting more of it. Like you're getting more of the things that you can see and it wasn't necessarily a bad. I don't know. But you're yeah, right. I come you out got of it the feel like it was a feeling. lesson to learn from what I kind of experienced, you know, like not yeah. I feel like it was I got shown certain things like the holding the breath part that kept happening, like hold your breath and it Yes. Oh, okay. And how the, how the it, lungs, how the oxygen, you said it just felt like it well, was flowing so yeah. freely. You're just breathing like the most breath. clearest yeah, breaths. Okay. So that reminds me when I, um, when I was a kid, I used to, when a recurring dream that I had was, um, being submerged, finding myself submerged underwater, panicking for just a moment because, oh no, I'm underwater. And then panic and then realizing that I can breathe underwater and then starting to take these breaths and the sensation, the feeling of the breath, the, the air with the oxygen going into my lungs, it was like the clearest, most pure oxygen, most easy, pure breaths that you can experience. And that's just the hallmark of that dream. It's not just being underwater, not just breathing underwater, but how easy, the clean, ease the, breath, of breathing, yeah. the clean, the fullness of the breath. Um, I haven't Sounds had that dream similar. in a really long time, but yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> Good and that was when I felt like I was up and out of myself that because I was sat on a chair oh. remember so that was every time I felt like I was when I held my breath it was like I went yeah and how like many hours out. into your experience until you actually disconnected like that you were watching yourself do the hand things how long how long into the trip was that do you think about two and a half hours or something when do they say the peak time is the peak time of the trip like I'm not sure because I've normally had them only last for four hours and this lasted for about six hours. Like, yeah. and Joe, you, you get it to stop for eating. So I ordered a big takeaway really just yeah. to like, and it, as soon as you had that, I was back, back in you the know, room completely. The world already looks so psychedelic. I kept saying that to myself. I would look over at these plants and the plants looked wild. And I was just like, they already look like that. This is what they look like. It just is wild. They've always looked like this. I always feel it like it wild. brings your attention to things that you may not normally look at, you know, all every One day. One thing I did notice was that all the plants were made by this like thread, like this fiber, this fibrous thread. Mm. And it was reminded me of Westworld, that like fiber, that thread that gets pulled, the, the tendon fiber that they're, when they're building, you know, the, the, the opening sequence and you can see how they build the eyeball and you can see how they build the, um, just like the muscle fascia and stuff. It's just yeah. this thread, this 3D printer, you know, that's just 3D thread by thread wrapping around the body and creating mm. different elements of the body. And I noticed, I noticed thread in some in a lot of plants, like a thread like, um, thing with it. Like there was this one plant that had like an injury for lack of a better word. Like there was this like gash on the plant and inside the gash, I could see 
like this threading. <laughs> She's like, oh, it's fixing itself up. It's, it was kind of strange. So I did notice that. What else? I, I, don't, I, don't, I hate that you had like a, a, an icky feeling coming from it, but I do like that you feel deeply that there's something else to be learned. Yeah, definitely. It didn't feel like, that's why I'm saying, was it bad? Because I, I come out of it thinking like, hmm, when you watch a movie and you can't, yeah. you can't get the story till and then a few days later, like, oh, that's what it was about. That's what it was about. He could yeah. see dead people or yeah. what, yeah. That's kind of how, how I've been left from it, really. Like, I'm kind of like, hmm, like, there was something to that hmm. holding me breath thing. That was the most where I would feel like, what's it showing me? And I kept on doing it. And it was like, I was thinking to myself at the time, what? That just what reminded me too, um, oxygen, our breath, what we take in with our breath, oxygen is a powerful hallucinogenic and it's natural and it's pure state. It can create hallucinations. And we, you know, and we, the air we breathe is a diluted state of oxygen, a diluted amount of oxygen, but it's still like, you're, we're microdosing this hallucination all the time. So maybe when you're taking another hallucinogenic and you begin to play with your intake of this other hallucinogenic and, and coming in and going out causes hallucinations. Like, so ingesting oxygen can cause a hallucination, but also withholding, like if you hold your breath for a long time, you can induce hallucinations. So it's kind of like, <laughs> get you, get you all the ways. So maybe I, yeah, I think that, mm. Interesting. Something to think about. Breath work and, and being here. That's breath what it was work. like. It, that's what I was doing then, because that's a breath, that's a thing, isn't it? Like people say, like, breath work. And that maybe that's what it was. I don't know. Because I've, I've been like kind of doing do you that. Do you yoga? Know? Have you ever done no, yoga? No. Hmm. Maybe this is a lesson that you need to start doing some mind, some mind body, breath work you don't have to go to a yoga studio but like just learn a couple poses and do mindful breathing might be just good for your overall everything yeah yoga's there's something about yoga some people say it's like magic it's magic like when you move your body in certain ways and you let certain energies flow through your body and you take the way that you breathe and you know the it kind of reminds me of playing a video game when you're a kid and to get these sequences of, of things, it's like up, down, left, right, B, B, plus, plus, up, down, left, right. You know, what if there are certain things that we do and say, certain ways that we move our body that are like us pressing, we don't even realize it, but we do things in a certain way because we're initiating certain actions within the video game. Oh. Good for thought. Mm. And that's for like thought. kind of what, do you know what else the kind of view was in me garden when you say video game, then it was kind of Minecrafty. Like we mm. talked about it, it was kind of pixelated, like Minecrafty kind of feel to it. What the most interesting thing about the experience for me is, you know, I love to compare us to machines. I love to compare myself to a machine. The human body and the human mind is the most sophisticated machine in this realm, we'd get offended when someone says we're a computer or a machine, but we are. Every muscle fiber, every tendon of our body is based off like architectural principles of how mechanics, you know, the, the, the mechanics of things, the way, our, the way our circuitry within our body is no different than the circuitry of any operable would, electric Would you machine. do it again? Oh yeah, I would do yeah. it again, and I would do a lot more. I wanna, yeah. I want to, I see want half to, of your face. 
I want to. <laughs> well, actually, <clears throat> so you said in your experience, you saw a different, like two different sides yeah. of you. You saw one side of your face appeared to be like a good and one side, yeah. side of your face appeared to be an evil. Well, towards the end of my trip, I decided to look in the mirror. I was like, oh, I got to do that thing that Rambo did. And at this point, like my my pupils were so big. big. They were like, yeah. they had taken up the entirety of my eye. <laughs> I was like just two big black circles. And when I looked in the mirror. But then when I focused, I, so what I did is I focused on kind of my reflection. I got really, really close to the mirror and I have this big mirror in my living room. And so, um, and then I, I, I kind of shielded my eyes in such a way I kind of made a goggles around my eyes so I could really only see the reflection of myself. I couldn't see the top or sides of the mirror. I kind of gave myself the sensation and I was able to see myself like a lot, I was able to see myself as if I was sitting next to myself, not as a mirrored reflection, but I was able to view, I've never been able to do this just looking into a mirror, but I was able to decouple my, myself and I was able to like move into the mirror and see, like, and be in the room of the mirror. I was able to see the mirrored place as, as, as its own yeah. realm. And I was able to be in there. I, I, I left my body. I left my my consciousness decoupled from my physical body system. And once that happened, actually, once that happened, once the sensation of my consciousness leaving my physical body system, I, my, there was a life, a light that actually left my eyes. And I looked like just a lifeless dummy, like a prosthetic dummy sitting there on the sofa for, for the time that my consciousness was no longer in my body, just observing my body, observing my mirror self, observing myself, watching my mirror self. I looked like, an, for another, for lack of a better word, like an NPC, like a life, there's no life in yeah, the eyes, like just a bodysuit, just, a, just, a, just a, a meat puppet. I saw myself just as a meat puppet, just, just hanging here in, 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 in this realm, just moving. Not, at that point, I wasn't moving. I was sitting on the sofa. But it was as, okay, this also reminds me, there were multiple times in the trip that I kind of came back to for a split second and was like, who am I? Am I, I'm not, I'm not, during, I, I, during, I was identity, identity completely decoupled from me while I was tripping. I was no longer, I was not myself. I was not this person with this backstory and this life that I've lived that I could really see that is just a collection of, what could be false memories. Like I, I was just, what I believed to be myself and my story was really just like a, a little, like, like a little hard drive that you could just plug in to, to any, to any old thing. And my collection of what, everything that I believed to be me, everything that I believed to be my history was just a story, was just a story that you could plug in anywhere. And then that person would be me with my story. And then that, per, you know, you could do it to anywhere. And I felt so, so strongly that all of that was fiction, that what I believed is my entire life, what I believed to be all of my keystone memories, everything that really anchors me to me, you know, childhood stuff, uh, accomplishments as an adult, all of that was just a story. I, and I could see it just, it, it just didn't- Just to be plugged in. Just to be plugged in, just to be plugged in to make me feel like I had this rich, robust life, like a, like it was a trick. It was, it was, it was a trick. It, it, I saw it. I saw my, what I understand is me and my history as a trick 
into making me feel like I was I was an individual. When in this experience in the psychedelic state, I I felt beyond individual. I felt I felt like a I felt like many, I felt like I was everywhere, everyone and everywhere in, in space and time at, at every time. Everything that had ever happened, everything that ever will happen, everybody that's ever been, everybody that ever will be was in this in-between space, was just parked. I get that. And, and like you see, it's hard to really put into words in it like i'm exactly struggling what, yeah I'm struggling. it is it is hard i and am struggling you, until you experience it then you kind of get it that you're like oh because even now i keep still thinking of my stuff like you're like you're i reckon you'll still think of that like again like oh yeah i remember that you know mm-hmm. from when i had mushrooms you know and with it being so recent you'll probably have more come to you from your experience i imagine the one thing I really wasn't expecting was to go inward for so long of it, for hours and hours. I mean, there was really only like one hour. My first hour of tripping was the only time, my first and my last hour were the only time I was really looking around, you know, looking around at the world, <clears throat> the world around me, trying to see what was different, how the world around me was operating differently. That, I thought that was going to be the whole trip. Like just looking around going, wow, looking around going, wow, looking at this going, wow, looking at that going, wow. That was just a small portion of my trip. The, the majority of it happened when I was just sitting in this catatonic state. Just my body was completely motionless. I went inward. I don't even know if my eyes were open or closed. I think they were just open and I was just sitting there like, like a dead yeah. fish or something, you know? Who knows if my neighbors walked out and saw me out there. Who knows what they would have thought. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, so the other thing that I noticed that I did that I could not stop doing was contorting my body as as the as the mushrooms were t- as the, as the new consciousnesses were coming on board. I would feel this like rolling sensation within my body, and I would I would consciously go, "Let it happen, let it happen, whatever it is, you w- welcome in, you know, come on in, I'm letting you in." Um, and but I noticed that as they were happening, like I wanted to like I wanted to like crane my neck back and like twist twist back and like do this crazy back bend and like I, I was like contorting my neck and my shoulders and I I could not help it I just I couldn't I couldn't help it and there's this like there's this one serial killer who was known for and I don't believe in any serial killers but the story goes this one serial killer would like contort his victims he would like bend them back over like in these weird back bend positions and he would leave them there I can't remember which one it is I think it's one of the big ones like Jeffrey Dahmer or something but I kept noticing that I was doing that. I was like contorting my body into these really strange physical, physical, like I would just do these weird things with my body. And that was like, and then, and then I went catatonic after that. Like I just found this one position that (laughs) felt like it worked for me. And I stayed in that position for like four hours, just sitting out there on the bench, like kind of swinging. and, And I was looking up for some of it at at this white ceiling above me but the way that I was the white ceiling I realized could be absolutely anything like it was my projection screen I realized that I was a projector my mind was a projector and this white screen above in front of my eyes if I looked up it was like just a white screen it was it was like I was in a movie theater and that white screen I could project anything onto it in just like a movie, you, it's just like a movie experience, and I did. And that became, I projected my consciousness onto this white ceiling, and I stayed in that 
moved around in that for the entire time. And when I say moved around in it, I mean like a lucid dream. Like I left my body state, went into this projection, moved around, could feel stuff, could feel myself, could see, feel myself moving in these side, this in-between world, these kind of the galley between the consciousness or reality and unreality or whatever. I, I could feel it. I could, even though I was just sitting on this bench for, for four hours or whatever. It was so, so... I don't have words. Uh, I don't. I wish. I wish I could explain it. I really wish I could explain it fully. There is just something limiting. There's something limiting about this world. That that's my ultimate takeaway from my experience. Is is this this realm is just a projection. It's it's all happening. Everything that we feel like is happening is just happening in our minds. It's all in the mind, and there's something, and I'm not saying that we're not real somewhere. I did kept, keep getting the sensation of, like, when I was doing those weird contortions with my body, I got the sensation that, like, the other me, maybe if, like, we're in the Matrix and my, my me that's in this, like, goo bath or whatever, waiting to be waken up, I kept having the sensation that that version of me was moving its head, you know? Like, I was, I was in this space, in this body, in this time frame in this realm, but uh, somewhere else, I was moving me. I was like moving what, like moving my head around. I, I could feel like there was a different version of me also. I was like, I was affecting that farther version. And I also got the sensation many times that I was like trying to wake a very distant me up. Like I was trapped in a dream state, that this reality is a dream state and somewhere far away, but theoretically very close, you know, it, 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 however you want to measure space-time distance, that there was another me that's... Controlling that's, you. Yeah, Kind of controlling, controlling you. Yeah. And you said it when you had your, your trip, there was a moment where you were watching yourself. You were like, you're yeah. decoupled from your consciousness and you were watching yourself. You're like, who is operating? If I'm here <sighs> and me's over there, who's, got, who's, who's walking around? Who's in there? <sighs> who's in me? Who's making the decisions? I definitely experienced, I definitely experienced that. The who's, who's, who's who is it? Who is it? Who is it? You know, everything that we, this whole world is just rules based. It's, it's just the physics of this world, the mathematics of this world. It's all just very simple rules that our machine, our computer machine has, it follows, has adopted and, and follows. Um, and this gets back to the algorithm question from Kara S. Kara says, I'm very obsessed with the algorithm. Is it an energetic force? Is it sentient? Or is it just a scorekeeper in the machine? She goes on to say, I'm starting to think the computer is not nuts and bolts. It's a husk for a darker force. You know, I think this is such a deep question because we... We consider algorithms as something to be with computers, computers only. You know, a computer, an algorithm is basically a rule that has a positive, successful outcome or a, an unsuccessful outcome, and it learns to operate only so it gets that either positive, if you want it, or the negative outcome. You can set to whichever one. So theoretically, a thermostat has an algorithm to where if it's X degree, 
it will turn on. And if it gets to X degree, it will turn off. And it knows that's the rule it follows, that's the rule it functions, that's a simple algorithm. And I think that, our, and algorithms can get highly complex and highly, highly complicated, but ultimately it's just a rule. And there's a, there's two, there could be two outcomes to that rule. And if it does one thing, it does one. If it does the other thing, it does the other. And it's just, it's set. And I think that our entire experience in this realm is a series of rules that we have adopted in our mind, in our operating system. The physics of this world are just rules. Things, things, water flows a certain way because of certain rules. I think I feel like all the physicality, everything that we understand as physical beings and physical entities are just properties of an algorithm. They're just following an ultimate design, an ultimate set of, of rules that are the highest order of the system and everything that flows from and within the system, us, everything around us, it's we're good, all just, that's, a good that's also hard to explain. Yeah. That. It's a good and way to explain it. Yeah. It makes sense to me. And I think that, you know, everyone's like, this goes back to the world being flat, you know, is the world flat? Is the world round? I think that our world is just a plane, a, a, a plane that is mapped out, a projection plane, when you, not an airplane, but a, a, a flat plane that is projected in 3D space that follows whatever rules it has been fed. And the modern physics of the day are what feeds our machine, what it feeds our rules of the algorithm. And I think that if those physics say that the world is round, then our world could be round. If the, those physics say that the world could be flat, I think that it could be flat. And, and a flat plane can be mapped onto any surface. I think that you know, based on the rules and the algorithms that it's, it's, operating, it's operating on. Oh man, my, my language part, my language part of my brain is still suffering. I'm, 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 maybe it was all the Spanish I spoke on my trip, but I am, <laughs> I'm really, really, really having trouble connecting. This is my first time really, really talking since, since it happened. I've just been, yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is kind of interesting. I'm, I'm definitely struggling with language. At the well, moment, we'll which... come back to you with what actually happened to think as well. Like as the days go on. You'll... Yeah. I, I still need some time to process. I still need some time to, to process what's going on. Um, and I definitely still need some time to answer Kara's question about what the algorithm ultimately is. Um, definitely. I, I would, I feel like my brain's just scrambled. Like, do you know, yeah. I try and think, I'm like, what? Do you know, like, yeah. I, I've literally today and yesterday have kind of just been like. <laughs> well, everyone who's listening, conjure up some, some positive healing vibes for Rambo. Yeah. Oh, man. Man, well, I know how you feel that it's it's not it's not pleasant. But maybe you're maybe you're experiencing something like a, you know, like a frequency shift, and that's what your body's going maybe, through. Maybe, yeah, like. yeah. It's, hopefully, today's like the last day of it. You know, that's yeah. what I'm kind of hoping that I wake up tomorrow and I'm better. <laughs> so that's how it kind of works. You wake up, don't you? Like it's gone. I know. I'm hungry again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, I loved being hungry again because I wasn't. I lost my appetite. Like, tr legit. I did not want to eat anything for a couple of days. And then finally it came back and I was like, oh, everything tastes so good. Yay. So that's fun. Well, I hope that you have a, a swift recovery that tomorrow you wake up feeling back, 
back to normal, back to your old self, whatever that is, yeah. <laughs> whoever we are. And um, okay, well, we'll catch up soon. We'll feel better, Rambo. We'll talk soon, okay? Let's speak soon. Okay, bye.